Good evening, lovelies. Welcome to another episode of Coffee, Candy, and Creatives, the Sunday Cinema Show. CCC is a Be Unique Radio featured program. My creatives tonight are from the new film Glass House. I have writer and director Kelsey Egan and lead actress Anya Talajard. Glass House will be available to stream on July 12th. This episode is brought to you by the Space Coast Premiere magazine, Be Unique Brevard. Head on over to beunique.org and snag your free copy today. Now, grab a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage, cuddle up with your host pup, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. I am here with Anya and Kelsey from the film Glass House, which we're going to get into post-haste because it is one of the coolest slash weirdest films that I've seen in a, in a bit. And I've seen a lot of strange films, but welcome ladies. I'm so excited that we could work it out. You guys are in Cape Town. You got it. Yeah. Wow. So we had to do some space time continuum schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And you'll see the sun's going down. You're getting me last light. Oh no. Yeah. All right. So first off, welcome as I said, this film is kind of crazy. Miss Kelsey, you wrote this as well, or you were a co-writer? Yes, I co-wrote it with my amazing writing partner, Emma Lindsay Sudvet, who's also an associate producer. I would not say, where did this idea come from? Because the world we're kind of living in <laughs> is lending itself to creative processes about post-apocalyptic or post-God, shall we say it, pandemic worlds. But like this specifically, this film is yeah. like, I've had before kind of thing. To be honest, we we uh, we came up with this concept before we had any idea of the impact the pandemic was going to have on the world. We came up with mm-hmm. it in February 2020, submitted it. Um, and I think at that point, maybe I'd heard like one news report out of China, but I thought it was going to be like bird, bird flu or something like that, like this, another SARS mm-hmm. situation. I had no idea it was going to do what it ended up doing. So it kind of, the, the degree to which life has imitated art with this film is completely surreal to us because we were not expecting that um Mm -hmm. on our side it's a it's a very personal film emma and i both had close family members suffering from memory loss uh, dementia and short-term memory loss but also i was interested in having a look at different coping mechanisms to trauma i think there's a narrative that you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and this trope that if you get out alive that you're tougher and wiser somehow but Mm -hmm. I don't really think that's true necessarily. I think trauma changes you often irrevocably. PTSD is a thing. And it does impact how you engage with the world moving forward. All of your memories and all of your experiences influence how you engage with new people, influences the choices you make in the present. So I wanted to look at two very different approaches to embracing the past through the eyes of these two very different systems. And one of the sisters, um, Evie, is played by, is it Anya or? Yeah, it's Anya. Anya, okay. So Evie, Evie is, I like, what do you call it? I related to her so much because I'm that older sister. I'm the one, you know, you're older, you should know better. You know, everything that you've grown up with, you're the responsible one. You have to look out for your little sister. You have to look out for your little brother. I identified with you so much, but to me, Evie was like, pardon my French, but she was like, well, this is some bullshit. Why should I have to be the one to, <laughs> to be strong? Yeah, There's very much that side of her, yeah. And meanwhile, while the little ones seem to, or the younger siblings, but for Evie, as Anya played it, it was very apparent that that conflict was inside of her. She's like, yeah. I'll 
it. I really don't want to. I would love to go outside and take a few deep breaths <laughs> and not have to deal with any of y'all shenanigans. But then she's like, oh, damn it. I'm the oldest or I'm the one. And especially with what happens. So you brought life so well, Anya. And I wanted to just like give you kudos for it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that your kind words. That's amazing. And everything about this film is beautiful. When you have like creepy or suspenseful or weird supernatural storyline and you put it in a beautiful setting, doesn't it just amplify everything? Yeah, I love that contrast. And and in so many ways, this film is an allegory for colonialism. And we wanted to lean into creating this idyllic oasis, which Mm -hmm. is really what they've crafted for themselves in the midst of this dystopian landscape. But at what cost? Mm -hmm. Like, at what cost do they preserve that, right? There's rot underneath, there's blood, and that isn't seen on the surface, isn't seen right away, but it comes out. Right, because what you think is, oh, how sweet, a mother and her daughters have found this sanctuary. And then you're like, wait a damn minute, did they just, oh my God, they did. And there's some little teeny, it took me a couple times to realize what they were doing with the brushes. And I was like, oh, because there's no bees. I was like, And there's so many like little points in the story that if you're not really like, if you're not paying attention, you'll, it's going to gloss over and then you're going to get to a point you're going to go, wait, when did, hold up. And then you have to, it's a, I don't, I hate the word think piece, but it really make, made me think. I'm glad. That's great. I'm really glad. Watch like a couple of times and you can, you can, you can watch a couple of times and find new things. Like every time you watch it, like you make new realizations that you didn't realize or notice before. Right. Right. It makes you really, because up to the point for me personally, with B, I was like, she's selfish, she's self-centered. And then you get to a certain point, you go, oh, well, this all freaking makes sense. And she, and she, she also can't bear the pain of it. Yeah. So mm. it's like, she embraces the forgetting because it's the only way she can live. With. And it's just like, where, where was this filmed? In the Eastern Cape in Port Elizabeth, Cabrera. Wow. It's gorgeous. It's so st- there's a, there's a reason I live in South Africa. It's a beautiful, beautiful mm, stunning. And the locations are incredible, and we were lucky enough to shoot at Pearson Conservatory, which is a real uh, Victorian glass house that was imported from the UK like a hundred years ago. It's been beautifully preserved, and we did a very naughty thing. We we uh, knew we wanted to shoot there while we were writing the script, and we didn't know for sure if we could get the location, and then we did. And yeah, we're very very grateful it all worked out. Very lucky. Yeah, mm-hmm. very lucky. Emma used to go there as a kid. Oh, yeah. So she was like, I have an idea. We had the idea, but then in terms, we, we were having conversation about where it should be set. Or, or no, in, in terms of, because we knew we wanted it to, like, she had said Glass House. And I think she, when we knew we wanted to shoot in the Eastern Cape, and she knew. No, Emma knew. Emma knew. Yeah. Emma, and Emma showed it to me. And I was like, of course, this is it. Perfect. And it's so funny, the, the difference in, um, what do you call it, the, the translation kind of, for someone like in America, they think glass house, they think, you know, just something that's out in the backyard. It's small mm. where, you know, you might, your tomato seedlings, but this is a whole, it's a home. It's, it's the, the center of their universe. It's massive. It seems massive. I'd, I'd never been to anything. We're, I'm very glad that it seems massive. It wasn't that yeah. massive, but I'm really glad it seems massive. <laughs> it does. It really does. <laughs> We, we added a third wing in Story World. There's actually only two wings in real life. Yeah. In Story World, we added a third. We added Mother's Wing, the, 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 the children's wing, and then the 
sort of the garden bird's nest wing in story world but in real life there's only two wings and we did a set flip well that's pretty cool yeah yeah we're getting the nitty-gritty here so it seems like on the surface it seems like a post-apocalyptic post um pandemic type story but like you said it is about memory the important part that that remembering plays in your in your life yeah i mean it, it memory is so central to informing who we are our identity and also yeah. how we i think i don't know how often we really take time to contemplate how much how we are treated or how other people treat us informs our sense of self and who we are and that uh, that accrues over the years with all these memories and formulates this identity or this perception of yourself that if you erase those memories ceases to exist so it's like how often are, are our choices and the way we engage with the world based on pre-existing insights into what we think it is but it could be completely different if that wasn't there. And I would feel like as, as uh, B shows in the film, memories sometimes keep you from repeating the same mistakes. Mm. Yeah, well, that, well, that's Evie's argument. Like hold on tight to the memories because these memories are gonna help that's survive. That's what keeps you safe yeah. and like exactly. stops you from doing things to like endanger the family unit. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I loved having these two sisters with such diametrically opposed um, coping mechanisms to a similar trauma. Right. Mm. right. Yeah. So Anya with Evie, it's like with her remembering, she's like, man, I've seen this before. I'm the only one that freaking remembers it. So I'm going to try to keep you from doing it. And you don't listen or, you know, B doesn't listen. Daisy's just off on our own little weird <laughs> bloodthirsty world, we might say. And yeah. poor Evie is just like, oh, guys, it's like we've done this. Yeah, so she's got like that constant struggle of like not really being in a position of power within the family, but like kind of being the one that has to keep everyone bloody well sane and like make sure no one like messes up too badly to endanger all of them um so it's like a very it's like stuck be like between a rock and a hard place that's kind of where she is like all the time um which kind of makes her a bit like a little bit of like for a young female who's also just supposed to be like enjoying herself the same way her older sister is she's kind of like by default becomes like a little bit pessimistic and a little bit like wary of everything and anything um so it kind of like she's she's really not by like default she's not allowed to enjoy even though there's not much to enjoy about like obviously there's a lot of dangers in the world which that they live in and exist in but she's kind of got to step up and like keep everyone grounded all the time and I think sometimes she gets really bloody tired of it <laughs> but she also, also can't like not do it yeah no that's really that's exactly right Anya and I think the other part of it is it's like Evie's carrying a lot of guilt and Evie has shouldered it and carried that. Yeah. And like, yeah, and because she does, she feels she carries a lot of guilt and because of her guilt, she'll never stop shouldering it. Yeah. But, but she won't, she won't erase it. She's, she's taking yeah. responsibility for it. She's holding herself. Exactly. She's not just pretending. Exactly. To no. And it has to make you make, you know, her resentful after all that time. Mm, and exactly. uh, mm, she definitely has, she definitely carries a lot of resent. Yeah. It's kind of like when you do all the work, but your boss gets all the credit mm. when you're, you're the one busting your butt to, you know, make sure things yeah. get, they're the ones that get the raises or the recognition. And it's like, what the, excuse me, that was me. I did yeah, that. Totally. Or any scenario where you feel like 
everyone's like, oh, just chill out. Why are you the hectic one? Or why the, the details yeah. don't matter? This isn't that important. And you're like, but everything will fall apart if we don't it like really matters. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing more frustrating than feeling like something really matters and everyone else in your world is like, like yeah. exactly. Yeah. Very belittling. That's the perfect word, belittling. Like you're making light of what I feel is really important, not to go off topic, but that's something worldwide that we need to stop doing. We need to stop telling other people what what they can and can't care about. I agree. Mm -hmm. I did want to ask mother, she remembers everything, but almost in a, like a detached, like she remembers as if she read it from a book kind of thing. Does that make sense? Where she's taken her emotions out of it and Evie hasn't. Yeah, she creates the narrative. As far as the children are concerned, she remembers everything. Yes. But she decides what is the truth of the family. Mm -hmm. And I think what, one of the things we really enjoyed with the film is how we sort of didn't give any of the answers right away, but slowly throughout the course of the film, you realize that every character in this film has their own narrative. And yeah a different version of the truth, which is true to life as well. Um, but that, 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 the, that the narrative that we're taught at the beginning isn't necessarily... It is fair to say that that mother is the, the narrative voice in it, whether what she relates to the children is exactly what happened or not. But hey, people do it all the time. Parents do it all the time. Yeah, that's the thing. What she relates, what she thinks is best for the family. She, the, for the narrative, children. yeah, the narrative that, that she tells, the story that they live is what she thinks is best for them, for their survival. Those are, I mean. I, I don't know if you guys are parents as well, but as parents, as mothers, we have often told our children things just to keep them safe. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, you do what you need to do like what you feel is best for your child um and that's your child no one else can really tell you what to how, how you can what you can say to them and what you can't and it's just your decision you believe that you're doing the best thing for them although i'm not a, a mother responsibility but, yeah i can only imagine that's what i'd do for my own children one day of course yeah right and it's not always it's not always uh, um i don't want to say truthful for instance I tell my son not to walk over the, you know, the sewer grates because Pennywise is, we'll get him. You know, <laughs> it's terrifying. It's not always it's so traumatizing. But, I would have totally believed that as a child. <laughs> right? It's like, don't walk too close to that because, you know, blah, blah, blah. But not that we're going to instill fear into our children, but that's something that they might be able to understand rather than having to go through the whole don't walk over that because your mother has, you know, an insane fear that it could accidentally, you know, detach from the concrete and you could fall. And then, you know, it's like, we have, it's these, time. Yeah, we have these anxiety parents that we can't translate to our children with that, you know, they would be overwhelmed by it. So we do change our little narrative, not that we lie to our children, but we change it to apply to the situation and to keep them safe in a way that they might understand. That's where it gets complex though because you know that's just one person's opinion and the children might feel very differently exactly the kid will grow up and go you know Pennywise isn't real and so but it, it's like okay well you now you're old enough for me to explain to you why I told you that when you were little it's strange but mother I get where she's coming from I think that's what it is I get where she's coming from even though to me watching as a viewer at first I was like oh she's the bad guy and it's like, it's not that cut and dry. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she, I do think she truly is doing what, what she thinks is best. Yeah, she is. They're all doing their best. Right. I mean, maybe maybe being a, 
so much. Well, she's doing her best at a couple of things. She just wants to actually enjoy life instead of be miserable. And so she has her mechanism to enable her to do that. But what were you going to say, Anya? I was going to say that, like, I think uh, from Evie's perspective, I think she was so sorry to get back to, like, the whole resentment thing. She knows that mother just lets be do whatever. But there's a part of her that also knows that, like, B is kind of beyond savior and mother's also just trying to protect her from going through any more trauma um so I think yeah I think um once again there's even more resentment that she that that Evie carries with mother for just allowing allowing that but also understanding it what makes this it's so complex it's so complex (laughs) well that's what being an empath is really is understanding all the different sides of it and and you the empath suffering from it because you're like, I can't all of this. I have no, and have no outlet to like, yeah. let it go. Plus not mm-hmm. to mention the guilt about Gabe that even. Exactly. It's a tough one. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask, and I don't know if it, I assume that it's intentionally left open, but the time uh, period of glass house, is there a specific time frame? or as I interpreted, it was relatively current times but because of the situation they've regressed does that make sense historically yeah, yeah. no that's right that's that's accurate yeah yeah yeah, yeah that was that was our thinking oh, it's so yeah, it, it's set in the future but um you know you we all borrow from different decades and centuries and they have borrowed and used what suits them in all honesty if, if we think post-apocalyptic realistically in this situation we would be we would um, revert to hand sewing so the clothing is going to be more yeah. simple right totally. they don't have be- electricity so it's it's it, you know they're, they have to revert the reversion it's just like how you do things if you don't have it's just like power. any way of getting by at that point yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. homesteading proper homesteading I, I couldn't think of the word. I was thinking off grid, but yeah, homesteading for sure. It's the ultimate reenactment. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So what is up next for you guys? Uh, I know it comes out uh, in the U.S. July 12th, 12th. and it's going to be available for streaming. Yes, it's it's on SVOD yeah. and TVOD. And um... so you're on your production of another film. I hope that you will come back and talk to me. I hope so too. Um, no, this is a script I wrote nine years ago that I actually was supposed to make in 2019 and then a piece of financing fell away at the last moment. So I entered 2020 actually quite in a quite a dystopian space myself and then was lucky enough to have Glass House come to fruition as the first film in the slate um, that we, we pitched these concepts to show Max and they came back to us um, green lighting three. Um, into the slate and glass house was the first so it was really a dream come true and I spent South African lockdown uh, writing the script and we shot it in November 2020 and yeah it was it was a wild ride very surreal mm-hmm. and Miss Anya what is up next for you um nothing at the moment I've just got like two small um uh, like a local things that are shooting um uh, like little series small roles in that so like nothing major um coming up in the future hopefully there'll be something soon but I'm very patient I know there'll always be something and like hopefully y'all will get some new exciting things coming this side that I can audition for and yeah we'll see too we'll see where where the where the world leads me (laughs) well I am giving you an invitation to come back anytime you want to talk about oh, thank you 
Thank you. Jeff did say that you are very hardworking and you've got a lot going on. So I appreciate you guys taking the time out to to talk to me. And as I said, open and I can talk anytime. Amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And and yeah, no, it's 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 great to be able to talk about the film. I'm really, really proud of everyone and yeah, it's really exciting that it's gonna be releasing soon in North America. It's a really, really good film. And I have to tell you, I went into it just knowing a basic concept, like I didn't even watch the trailer. I just read it. But here's the thing. I'm glad that I watched it when my kid had gone to bed (laughs) because I was like, oh, 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 (laughs) whoopsie. Wasn't expected. But, and then I kind of went, oh, because it's a little steamy. So I (laughs) want mad kudos to you guys and come back time to talk. And oh my God, Kelsey, it's so dark. It is. Yeah, it's like full blown, like nighttime here now. I, I just didn't want to get up to turn on the per- porch light, but I will now. You, so got the, you got the beautiful lighting from the laptop hitting you. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> like <an> angel. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for the time. It was lovely oh, chatting. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Cool. Thank you for oh. staying up. No problem. Cool. Have a great one. Cheers. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this creative conversation. Be sure to follow me on social media. I am Pup Duffy basically everywhere. You can follow the show on Facebook. It's Coffee, Candy, and Creatives. Head over to beunique.org. Like, follow, and support my beautiful humans over there. Be sure to check out my sponsor. And for your own sponsorship or interview opportunities, please email me at pup4ccc at gmail.com. If you like the music you're hearing, head on over to raleighkeegan.com and do yourself a favor and buy this album. You can download it or you can have a physical CD. You can also keep up to date on tour dates and future releases. As always, take care of each other, love each other, watch each other's back, and I'll see you next time.